Good morning, church. Um, I'm going to talk about Psalm 145 today. So if you'd like to take a look at, in your Bibles and find Psalm 145. And while you're doing that, um, I'm just going to tell you just a few quick things about it before we read through the psalm together. Now, the title of this psalm is it's actually David's psalm of praise. So it is, it's the last of the psalms that was ascribed to David. Um, and it's special for a couple of reasons, uh, particularly special. One is because it's entirely devoted to praising God. As you probably know, many of the psalms uh, are praising God. But this one is particularly special because it's entirely devoted to praising God. Most psalms, um, there will be requests to God or pleas or prayers. But this is all about praising God our Father. And then the other thing that's interesting about it, makes it special, is it um, was written as an acrostic poem. So uh, you may know that uh, acrostic poems, it's a sort of an ancient uh, Hebrew art form. And uh, it was very special because they, every verse of the psalm would start with a, a subsequent letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which made it very difficult to write. So David, when he wrote this, he was being really skilled because you can imagine if you try to write that in English, uh, to write a, a poem with every verse starting with ABC, uh, it would be really difficult to get it to flow and to say what you wanted. So David's used a lot of skill when he's written this poem. But it's also the thing about acrostic poems is that they, they're very good for helping people learn them off by heart. So it could be that re the reason David wrote it in that form was that he, he wanted everybody to commit this psalm to memory so that everybody could praise God. Anyway, if you're ready, we're going to read through the psalm now. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all and he has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord, your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and they speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. 
The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. So David's psalm of praise. So um, you can see as we've read through that, that it's all about praising God. It's a psalm written entirely to praise David's God and King. The king he refers to as the king. David is the king of Israel, but God is the king above all kings. And he's praising him for all he has done and all he is and all he promises to do. So it's thought that David wrote this towards the end of his life when he was a man of great uh, experience and wisdom. And scripture tells us that from an early age, David's life was devoted to God. David was about 10 when Samuel was instructed by God to anoint him as the future king of Israel. And it says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, that from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. So throughout his life, honouring and worshipping and obeying God was always David's number one priority. But we also know that David had his fair share of ups and downs. It didn't all run smoothly for him. He was often in danger. Um, he, before he was even king, he was persecuted by Saul, by King Saul, who was jealous of him and tried really hard to kill him. Um, he, as we know, fought in huge number of, of enormous battles um, and he led his armies into battle. And these weren't little skirmishes. These were battles with thousands and thousands of, of people fighting. And David was in great danger of those and he would have experienced God's mighty hand helping them out of those situations. And even later on in his life, when you'd have thought he would have maybe had time to rest a little bit, but he, then his son Absalom then tried to kill him. He tried to overthrow him and became jealous of him. And then of course, sometimes David got it wrong. Um, sometimes he disobeyed God. Sometimes uh, he didn't follow God's will. And uh, probably the most well-known occasion of that was when he had the adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. Um, and in trying to cover that up, he, he even plotted the murder of Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. So it wasn't all plain sailing and he didn't get it right all the time, which is actually uh, kind of an encouragement to me when I'm, when I'm getting it wrong. But the thread that runs through all of his life is his love and devotion to God. And in this psalm, David, the king of Israel, extols and celebrates the king of eternity for who he is, what he has done and what he's promised. When David wrote this psalm, he would have been able to look back at all of the events of his life, good and bad. And he's writing this psalm, we think, in the context of experiencing those things with God alongside him. David opens the psalm proclaiming, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. David's love for God is so great that all he desires is to sing God's praises forever and ever, which means for eternity. David knows that everything he is and everything he has is because of God's will and it's not of his own making. In verses, oh, gone forward a little bit too far there, sorry. In verses three to seven, he recalls God's mighty works, saying how one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts and that they speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. 
makes you wonder whether David was thinking about those times when he was in danger in, in those battles where God's mighty hand came and helped them out of that situation. Um, David also proclaims, I will meditate on your wonderful works. As Brian said last week, David is musing on all that God has done for him. In verses eight to nine, David may be thinking about God's forgiveness for him at all the times he disobeyed or went against God's will when he proclaims, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love, and he has compassion on all he has made. David certainly experienced God's compassion. Later in verses 14 onwards, David praises God for his love and kindness to all those who are bowed down and oppressed, for opening his hand to provide for the needs of those who call on him. And he must have been reflecting on the numerous times when his life was in danger, when he says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, who call on him in truth. And he hears their cries and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. And finally, David finishes his psalm by proclaiming, let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. David's psalm of praise ends by calling everyone, all of creation, to praise the king that he loves above all things. And perhaps, as we mentioned earlier, this is why he wrote it as an acrostic poem. He wanted everyone, he wanted all his people to remember this psalm and to use it to praise God for all he's done. Now, you may have heard of the Bayeux Tapestry. It's a, it's a long tapestry. You can see a, a picture of it there. Um, it's about 70 metres long uh, and about, about a metre high and it's in France, and it depicts all the events that led up to the Battle of Hastings. So everything from Edward the Confessor dying through to everything that Harold was up to, the ships coming across the sea with William, the battle. Uh, there's the famous bit where Harold's got the arrow in his eye. Um, and it not only depicts the battle, but actually it's a bit like the, the Snapchat of its time because what you can see there uh, are, are things that were going on at the time, what it was like to, to live at that time, you know, the, the weapons they had and all the things going on. Huge amount of detail, there's 58 scenes in it. Uh, and in fact, it's an embroidery, not quite as good as Lorraine's embroidery, but it's pretty good nevertheless. Our Psalm 145 made me think about what my life would look like in my own Bayo tapestry. I can imagine all the events, some major, some, some less significant, um, many good times and some not so good times, times of loss, redundancy, um, illness, times when I was afraid. And all through that on my tapestry, there would be God in each scene. And there would also be some times on my tapestry um, that I didn't, didn't remember. And I might be seeing them for the first time when I looked at my tapestry. But these would be times when God stepped in without me even realising. Protection from accidents uh, and illnesses or from other harm. Opportunities put in place for me. Doors opened. Hearts changed. And then in the fine detail of the tapestry, I might see the prayers that I'd, that I, where I'd called on God. All those times that I had prayed. And if I saw the whole tapestry, I would be able to trace where God answered those prayers. Sometimes it would be immediate, 
but sometimes it might be right down down the line. I can think of with my my prayers about getting my degree. God answered my prayers 25 years later. I, I actually thought he'd forgotten, but he hadn't. Um, now, if I look at my whole life, I can I can see how those things have come into place. And of course, as I look back on it now, I can see the goodness in God's timing. Now, I'm quite fortunate because my tapestry is quite long. I think that's fortunate. Um, it's probably more than half finished now. I've been a Christian for more than 30 years. And so there are many, many times on my tapestry when God, watching over me in love, has heard my cries, answered my prayers, or just stepped in without me knowing. Each time he's shown his love for me, or I've been able to see in retrospect his love for me, my faith has deepened. Psalm 145 has reminded me to constantly relook at my tapestry. It's reminded me to actively remember all the things God has done for me and to praise him for them. And although we don't forget the things that God does, sometimes in the business of busyness of life, it sort of slips to the back of our minds and uh, we're not thinking about it. But these are, these are things done for us by God, the creator of all things. This is God who does these things. These aren't coincidences. This is God stepping in with his hand in my life, answering my prayers, showing me his goodness, his majesty, his splendor, his kindness, all those attributes that David talked about. God has shown them to me. When I look back at my life, I can see those uh, in the things that God, God has done. David said, I will meditate on your wonderful acts and I will proclaim your great deeds. I think we need to think about what God has done for us and to tell others, as David urged us in the psalm, we need to tell others about the wonderful things that God has done so that their faith can be deepened as well. Now, it can be difficult when you're a newer Christian. You might think, well, that, that's fine. She's old, but my tapestry is a bit shorter. Well, you know, faith grows as we see God working in our lives. But think about what God was doing for you before you even became a Christian. God has known you since the beginning of time. Your, your book, your tapestry, uh, God knew how that was going to look even before you were born. So think about those times. Think about the protection he's given you since then, the care he's given for you. Read the Bible. Read the amazing things God has done. These aren't just stories, fairy tales. This is actual things that God, the creator of all things, has done for us. And listen to the testimonies of others. And of course, this applies to all Christians. No matter how long you've been a Christian, our faith is always deepened by reading the word of God and sharing testimonies with others. So I'd just like to encourage us today. Spend time thinking about your tapestry and all that God has done for you. Meditate on those things the way David did. Muse on them, as, as Brian urged us last week. Praise God wholeheartedly for them. Praise God in all circumstances, whatever's happening. Praise God in all circumstances. After the death of his baby, David went to the house of the Lord and worshipped. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. As we know, God knows what he's doing for us. And tell others of God's goodness and of the amazing things he's done for you.